You're now listening to the Grow Together podcast, the official podcast of the Grow Together community, a place where no one gets left behind on their self-discovery and personal growth journey. And now, here's your host, Luke Burrows. Hey guys, Luke Burrows here, and on today's episode of the Grow Together podcast, I talk to one of our valued community members, Holly Chick a student at the University of Bath about his journey so far, the challenges that he has faced and how he has been able to overcome those challenges and move forward in his life. So with that said, guys, let's dive into today's chat with Ollie. All right, guys, welcome back to the Grow Together podcast. And today I have my man, Ollie, joining me on the show. Ollie, thank you so much for coming on to the Grow Together podcast. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for having me here. Absolute pleasure. No worries. Um, it's been some time to make this happen, but I'm pleased that we finally got you on podcast and that. Uh, for those who don't know who you are, could you um, give a little bit of background to who is Ollie? And, um, and, then we, and then we can have a discussion around your story, your journey, and uh, kind of go from there, really. Sure, sure. So this is Ollie. Hi. Um, I've just graduated uni. I'm in um, Bath right now, Bath University. And I did civil engineering and architecture for three years um, as a bachelor's degree. I was doing a master's, but I decided to switch to bachelor's due to the reading I did, the, um, the YouTube and the learning that I generally went about when I was at university. And I realized that it really wasn't for me. And I realized um, that there was definitely a world out there that was so untapped. Um, and I felt that I was a good candidate for that kind of world. And now I'm trying to go into that. So essentially, the reason why I did engineering in the first place is because I love creating. I love taking a concept, breaking it down into its fundamentals, finding out exactly what you need from that uh, concept, uh, almost like the principles, and then applying that to the world and letting others benefit from that. And that's why I loved engineering. And originally I was into architecture, but architecture transferred over to engineering because of the, um, the A-levels that I did and what I was spe- uh, my speciality and also the fact that architecture was a seven-year degree so a bit too, bit too much but yeah I, just, I love creating things I was um, big into connects big into lego big into just um, cad uh, I write poetry I've got a piano in the background so I love playing piano over there um, all this kind of stuff I, I love creating um, and funnily enough I've ended up in this entrepreneurial kind of world very, very much probably a entrepreneur right now, definitely. But right now, I'm, a, I'm also a personal trainer up at the university. I've been training for five to six years, um, probably even longer, in, if you count in stuff like rugby and general um, training. Uh, and I feel that personal training is probably the height of creativeness, which is very, very strange. It's very, you're probably thinking, what the hell is he on about? It's taking a, a person who comes into me with a plethora of issues in their body, let's say their knees hurting, and it's figuring out in the human body what could be causing that. And there are so many variables that go into that option. For example, if your knee's hurting, it's not your knee. <laughs> it's probably the, the muscle above that. It could be all the way up in your shoulder, pushing down to there. It's crazy issue. It could also be due to your nutrition, how much sleep you're getting and it links into everything in lifestyle fruit so for example um one of my main visions in my life is to really help people who are on like seven or eight kind of antidepressants anxiety pills and teaching them the fundamentals of what the human body needs it needs its sleep it needs sunlight it needs um nutrition trying to find um these holistic methods to teach people how to get through these tough times and also to tame their mind. So essentially that's kind of like a, a backstory, also a bit of a, a side note, but that, that's, you're going to get a lot of those. So watch out. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's basically an intro to me. And so, yeah, just making some notes there because I want to touch on a few different things, but would you say the, like the personal training, is that like your main passion now, like helping people to understand their body and, and a lot like the things that you were talking about with the anxiety and that and how by getting those I suppose basic needs that they can actually help people to overcome those challenges that they're facing I'd say right now um my main purpose is that my friend and I are working on a startup right now called mandala fitness which um a mandala is a, a symbol used in um, buddhism um it was a way of buddhist monks to help them get into a meditative state so they used to draw out um, a mandala. It, you can look it up online, go on mm. Google, but probably in the show notes if um, Luke will put that in later. Yeah. But it's essentially a, um, a massive symmetrical logo or like image 
which um, was so repetitive and so hard to make that it actually put you into a flow state, which is basically meditation. And my business partner and I, um, James Potter, is on, is on Instagram, James Potter. Um, we thought that fitness is a very good way to get you into a flow state. Training mm. is a very good way to get you into that um, meditative state because I say to people all the time, when you're, when you're, you hear people like David Goggins, who's just completed the Moab 250 miler, when you're 125 miles into a 250 mile race, you, your brain is probably telling you to give up. It's probably telling you to stop. It's probably telling you all these, even if you're just doing a 20 minute workout, which is hard, and you're 10 minutes in, you want to stop. It's hard. Full stop. And what it's about, it's about telling your brain that I'm in control and I don't have to listen to you right now. I know you're probably crying out and I know you're probably telling me to stop, but your brain's telling you to go left, but you can choose, you have the choice as a human being to go right. Not, not, I know animals don't have that. We have consciousness as magical invention or magic theme of evolution, and it can be trained. And I, I believe that putting these stressful situations in front of you rather than them having come to you in your life by unfortunate circumstances is what training is all about. It, it, that is the definition of training. You're training your brain, you're training your body to deal with stress, but stress that you put in front of yourself that you know you can manage, which is just above your comfort zone. Now, think of this line here as um, your stress level, right? Below here is where, oh, if, if everyone's listening, they can visualize this as well. But below this line is things that will make you stressed. I don't know, walking the dog or, um, I don't, Maybe going to sleep. Easy, 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 easy things, right? But the stress level, once you get above that line, you activate the stress response. You activate fight or flight. This stress response can move. In our lives, we, for some reason, we've mistaken comfort with happiness. And this is why this line has gone down and down and down, right? So now things like someone making fun of you, someone cutting you off on the road, someone, small things, activate the stress response. Now the stress response is a funny one because human beings get stressed about things, but then they get stressed about being stressed. They get fearful about being fearful. They get anxious about being anxious. And then that's that vicious cycle that leads you into that deep, deep dark depression, which is this, we've all been there and it's, it's not fun. So what I'm trying to help people do, and I'm not a guru, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a guy, okay? Um, I haven't figured it out. I haven't done anything. I'm young. I'm naive. But hey, if this helps you, it helps you. Okay, that's the whole point of it. If you if you if you try it out and it works, then it's a good concept. This line, let's move it up here by doing something that sucks every single day, right? Something that's hard. You walk into the gym and you do some sort of CrossFit workout. You do a squat session that you is just outside your capability. You go for a run. You get off the couch and do something that's hard. Now your stress level slowly the more you do in this range it goes up to here now all of a sudden someone cutting you off on the road doesn't activate that stress response someone saying something stupid to you doesn't activate it only the stuff that truly matters where you actually need that response like i don't know like it's meant to be used like a lion jumping out in front of you in the in the wilderness that's what it was there for activates that and that's what it's, what it's about but why is it actually bad to activate the stress response obviously if if this is down here why shouldn't why should we want it to be up here because cortisol actually is the, is the stress hormone. And when it's, when it's high in our bodies, we activate the stress response. And that unleashes a plethora of chemicals into our body. But too much of this response is extremely bad for you. It leads to chronic, but basically chronic everything because it's just too much. And it leads to chronic inflammation, chronic anxiety, chronic, all, these, all these bad issues in the body. So it's all about having it in moderation and activating it when it's needed to be activated. Now that's only one part of it. The other part is about using, um, that was that's almost like a purely physical uh, look at it. In terms of the mental capability, I don't know if you guys have ever read of, um, read of Eckhart Tolle or you ever read um, any, of these, any of these books or any of these concepts or looked into Buddhism or meditation or mindfulness. But um, I see the human condition as a court case it's quite interesting and these your these voices in your head don't worry you're not schizophrenic we all have these voices in our head one that says to do something one that says not to do something blah 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 these are judges these are these are lawyers in a court and they're giving their, their opinions they're saying oh we should do this 
oh, we shouldn't do that. Those are the voices in your head. You don't have to listen to them. You take their opinion and you say, ah, for example, hi, Mr. Anxiety. Ah, I see what you're saying. What are you, what are you trying to make me learn here? What's, what's the concept? Why are you coming back to me? Ah, okay. I can take that or leave that. At the end of the day, you're the judge and you've got the physical hammer and you can slam it and say yes or no. That's you, okay? You are not those voices. Those voices are just interpreting the world around you. It's like a simple computer and it's taking in information around you and outputting results. That's what's happening. But at the end of the day, you're the one choosing. And with fitness, you train yourself over and over again to watch your body, to watch your mind. Your mind may be saying, I want to quit. I want to stop. I don't want to do this. And the more you train that, the more control that you have. And at the end of the day, you literally notice and you realize that, hey, these, these, these voices aren't you. But they, at the same time, they kind of are. But you have, to, you have the option to choose. Mm. And you don't have to use fitness. You can use one of my favorites is cold immersion. So I love this wearing um, shorts and T-shirts all winter, trying to basically have that cold feeling on your, on your body. You notice it and say, okay, I may be cold, but do I have to feel this right now? You may be in pain. Do I have to feel this pain? But um, I think Buddha said you get shot with two arrows of suffering, one which is the actual physical pain and one which is the suffering that you interpret with it, okay? So the pain that comes, actually hits you, you can also, you can control that and feel it. But the suffering is the true hardship, but that all comes from you. And that's another thing of through life, things happen to you, shit happens to you. It's how you interpret it. It's how you deal with that situation. And that's how we, I, I hope to use fitness training meditation lifestyle choices i haven't even gone into sleep um nutrition yeah. all that kind of stuff it's it's crazy and you just the human body is so complex and so magical and so beautiful and wonderful and we'll never truly understand it but the more you chase perfection that's how you can get to excellence there we go man and so i'm really interested in on how or kind of like your growth journey, you know, to get to this point in your life where you, you know, you have this perspective and you've gone through the stages to learn these things. Can you talk a bit about that? So, um, back in, let's go back to, so I'm 21, um, back to primary school. I was never very good in school, in primary school. Um, I was underperforming. I didn't, I barely knew the alphabet until about years, three or four, I believe it was. It was stupid um i had issues speaking i have a, um, a slight lisp that I, I, I don't really hide but because i speak so much in my job and talks and presentations it kind of goes away and i've learned to deal with that mm. but i used to have um, speaking issues i used to have chronic social anxiety didn't want to go out didn't want to talk to people i just gamed inside for seven eight hours a day um i was technically obese um i was classed as like fat and this i was just, yeah i was i wasn't your ideal human in that sense, right? I got to, uh, my parents got me doing tutoring, um, which was very much a financial struggle for them at the time. Uh, I don't come from a rich background or anything like that. We're, we're a very working class family, uh, but they, they, ble they believed in education. They told, they um, made me, or necessarily made me, but um, allowed me to have tutoring because I wanted to get into a good school. And um, there's a school, I live in London, um, and there's a school in Northwest London called QE Boys. And um, it's one of the best in, in, the, in the country for A-level grades and that kind of stuff. But it was well up my league. And I did two years of tutoring, like day in, day out, and almost for, forced myself to learn and to understand mm -hmm. these concepts. And I was always at the bottom of the rung, always in everything. Um, so I developed this incredible competitive spirit of just seeing people who are better than me and this thriving off, um, seeing them as idols and making them my rivals so looking at that and going you know what give me give me half a year and i'll be there and i'm making them my friends and being around them because you're the average of the five people around you your five closest people right um and so i think my parents understood that and they realized that i, I did need to go to a good school um so i remember when i first day i got into tutoring um there was it was a simple test of, i think 10 questions which was stuff like um, the simple, like long, long multiplication or long addition and stuff. You should get 90%. I think I got 20%. It was, it was, it was the tutor was like, yeah, this is not happening. <laughs> um, and my mum was like, no, we're, we're, we're doing it. 
um, and my, my parents helped me out loads. Um, got into the school, I was the last person on the waiting There was a waiting list of 48 places. I was the last person on the waiting list. Got into the school, was the last person to get in, and I was always this, um, everyone else was basically geniuses. It was crazy. But got in, um, got big into sport, got big into rugby, because that's how I could hold up to these guys. I, I could, I was larger at the time, so I could prove myself on the rugby pitch. I could prove myself in the weight room come year 11, year 12. And I just constantly pushed myself to never, ever, ever be the, be the worst. I wanted to be better than average in everything. I, I, average to me was last place. I wanted to be top three, top two. It's just, I'm competitive to a point where it's probably unhealthy. It's not good. Mm. Like in, in the gym, for example, recently, I just another side note. Recently, I, I, I got into um, triathlon training came back into the gym um i did a half marathon i was gonna i'm hopefully plan on doing a half ironman next year but i'm taking a detour now because people in the gym have gotten stronger and i need to <laughs> i need to reclaim my place and i need to come back and hopefully take um and be the strongest again mm. it's just it, that this eats me away inside and again ironman training and stuff i'll try and build that into my training and that's, i'll talk about it in a minute um in terms of my different training principles um but coming back to to school yeah, so everyone around me was um, like these very, very intelligent people. It was crazy. Um, but eventually, I didn't, I didn't really catch up to them completely. But I was definitely um, midway, which is in one of these, the best school in the country for A-level grades. It's not bad. I was like, okay, cool, fair. And I just, but I had chronic, again, anxiety because every day I had to push myself. Every day, I, I don't know, it was this crazy work ethic. My mum, uh, my parents have been amazing. My, my mum... Um, literally forced me every Saturday to go to the gym since the age of 12, every Saturday. She forced me to go swimming, forced me to go um, to go to rugby matches, um, all this kind of stuff. I remember punching the wall one time and literally making a dent in the wall because I was so angry that I didn't want to go to the gym. It's like, how funny my whole job is now to about the alcohol at the gym. It's just stupid, isn't it? But maybe she knew something, I don't know. But mm. she, um, And I remember she, she told me the other day that the first five times I went to the gym I was nearly vomiting at the end of my workout for about a year or two I was literally getting lightheaded I was almost vomiting I, I remember I used to run till I was crying on the treadmill literally crying mm. because I was in so much pain I don't know maybe maybe it's genetic um thing of this pushing past that pain and that suffering I don't know um I like to think it's probably I think it's dealt from insecurity of people being best than me and just pushing and, and having to push myself to these um, this unending work ethic to hopefully be better than people um, but now I've realized that competitiveness is all well and good the actual fun is helping people get to that point in the first place right. and again I think you have to go I always believe you have to go through these stages in order to realize that mm. the, the true um, lesson from it I um, in a half marathon I spoke about I used both negative and positive energy to get me through the race. Now I'm a big guy. I didn't, I didn't do much training for the race. Um, and my goal was to get sub two hours. I got one hour 55 and I really, I just wanted to absolutely push. I weigh, I weigh nearly a hundred kilograms and I do, I do mainly like powerlifting and that kind of stuff. So it wasn't, wasn't my forte at all, but I used negative energy and positive energy. I said, um, the negative energy was who out here weighs how, how much I weigh, who out here, hasn't done the training that I done. Who out here is um, has been through the shit that I've been? But the positive energy was I was high fiving everyone on the way through, getting on the back, like you can do this. Come on, man! Like I was with one guy the whole way through, like helping him through. It's life's so bloody hard. You have to use everything, everything that comes to you, negative, the positive energy to get you through everything. And people don't need to know what's going on in your head. All they see is the results. They need to know how you got there. You need to use everything in your arsenal because it's bloody hard. And that's why in that race, that, that's what I learned. Um, and even other things in the gym, I, I, whenever someone hits a good lift, I, I don't care if, if they, it's, as long as I see them trying hard, I'm, I, I, I get a feeling inside of me of just overwhelming happiness and joy because I know the process is where the, the happiness is. They're getting, that they're, they're working hard. They're making themselves better. Like my favorite thing is spin classes. I, I take a lot of spin classes and there are 25 people in that class and they just, they just, some of them are shouting, just all going hard to some music. And it's just the best thing because these people are turning up, they're voluntarily putting themselves through pain and they turn up every single week to make themselves better. And it's just like, 
it's amazing. Um, so back to back to um, sixth form. So finished sixth form, went to Bath University, turned up, and lo and behold, in first year, I went to an all boys school as well. So it wasn't regular on girls. Um, wasn't the most um, confident person, um, and I couldn't couldn't talk to anyone. I was still quite overweight. Um, and the gym, um, going around the gym, helping people, giving them my knowledge, talking to people. And joining the powerlifting society was a huge, huge up or thing that got me up in the morning to go to go and train. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. Um, usually you have to replace a bad habit with a good habit. My bad habit was overeating. I used to have five chocolate bars a day, like actual bars, like big ones. And mm. probably used to eat about six, 7,000 calories a day with just pure sugar, just cookies and KFCs, pizza, like it's every day every day but I got to the point um again I swang the other way I'll, I'll come to that in a minute of rowing but going to university with these this powerlifting squad they're like my older brothers and they got me through that first year but again they were all so much better than me that I was like wow this is actually possible to be this strong to to deadlift 300 kilograms to to squat 250s it's, it's just incredible I'm seeing them doing it in front of my eyes and so I got these almost mentors they didn't know that I was mm. my mentors but they were mentors yeah. and I watched them I asked them questions I was like how did you get to this point what, what what's your training program what do you eat um I ask everyone these questions like it's if someone's best in something the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm jealous to be honest jealous I, I want to be there the second thing that comes to my mind is ah how can I get there and how can I help them as well what do I know how can I help them it's the first it's the first two things I replace Again, that's something earlier. And yes, your brain's telling you something. You don't have to listen to it. The first thing that comes to mind is jealousy. The second thing is right. What can I do for this person? And what can what can I learn from them? Okay, they're better than me. That means I must. I have to up my game. I have to do something else. So let's say these these powerlifters, they had they were training in some sort of way, and I worked with them, was around them. I became the average of them, and now I'm coaching people. Now I'm teaching people. Now I'm in a super extroverted situation where I have to talk all day long. And if, if, if you showed me this five years ago, I would have just hidden. I just basically do speeches every single day in like a, in like a class. I have to improvise. I have to just talk to um, to people that I know. Like it's, it's, personal training is quite a weird job. It's, it's, it's so extroverted. You need to sell yourself constantly. You need to be on top of your game and everything. You need to be your own personal brand mm. constantly around happy, talking smiling it's just it's a lot but it's it's i think it's my passion i really 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 enjoy helping people and seeing them get results i my, my most most fulfilling thing for me is getting someone in for an hour and distilling five years of, of training failures into one hour for, so that they don't have to fail that's that for me is endless happiness i i that's it makes me so happy because five years of me going on youtube and researching as much as i was in the gym every single day to learn how to deadlift properly how to squat how to bench i also do like calisthenics gymnastics triathlon i'm doing sprinting now i'm doing doing triathlons and marathons and all this kind of stuff distilling all this knowledge that i've learned into five minutes or one sentence like um i don't know squeeze your legs out when you squat or um imagine that you're pushing through the middle of your foot when you do something like that they just go ah, oh, i get it and now they have they're not gonna slip a disc now they're not going to tear their acl on their knee just because of one sentence that i said like where can you get that it's incredible mm. so that's basically my life up to now i guess there's probably lots that i've left out and I've probably loads of other things that i'll talk about um probably a lot more to do with fitness and that kind of stuff along the way but and so kind of what i was picking up there is like the pain that you were experiencing it's almost now become your purpose almost and like mm. your passion you know and like that journey of going through that listening to you as well seems like you're quite self-aware as well which i think which i love you know i think self-awareness is um an awesome thing that you know i talk about a lot that people to develop that self-awareness yeah and i was taking loads of notes so i'm kind of okay where do we, like what direction do we go in but i kind of want to touch on what you said right at the beginning in terms of um you're more of a one entrepreneur and kind of i'm interested in your entrepreneurial um ventures um, right. I mean, you, you mentioned um, your startup and that and kind of the, I suppose some of the, like, the reasons behind that, why you kind of want to go in that path rather than go and get a nine to five or whatever it is. So I'll touch on what I've, what I've done so far in mm -hmm. this kind of world, I guess. 
Um, so actually yesterday I was in London um, managing a group of students at a conference um, called Digital Construction Week in, um, in London at the Excel Centre. Um, and we partnered, um, our com the company me and my friend um, run is called Expo Education. It's essentially an online career development platform where students, mainly students, but also um, sixth form students and generals like university students, um, can volunteer their time at a conference for one day of the conference or before the conference. And in return for that, that volunteering of their time, they get a free ticket at the conference. So um, it's the same kind of concept as festivals, you know, where you um, volunteer your time and you get the festival for free. So for example, yesterday at Digital Construction Week, um, we also did, I think, Digital um, Transformation Summit. Uh, we've got some coming up next week to do with AI Tech World, I believe. These tickets are 400 pounds, 500 pounds. And these volunteers are volunteering for a day and getting a ticket for free. Now, why is that so good? Conference is the leading edge of that field. It's the, it's the, it's the cutting edge. It's all the researchers coming in and giving their findings. But you've also got CEOs of companies coming in to listen to the talks, give talks on their startups, on their companies. And it's so much potential value for students to walk in. For example, yesterday I saw someone go up to um, a, a CEO uh, of a company, a, a civil engineering company, start speaking to him and he came out and he was like, I, I just got a job offer. And I was like, what? And it's just like, from a conference, and I wonder, I wonder why they, he got a job offer. Because this, this guy has gone up to them with a lanyard on saying, basically saying, I have volunteered my time to have the opportunity to come to this conference. I've taken it off my, off my schedule and my calendar to push forward my understanding of this topic. Why wouldn't an employer want that? That's so much more of what the world needs right now. Is that what I was saying? It's not what you know, it's who you know. But I'm also going to add in, it's who you know and who you are. Those are the two things. It's how, it's not, okay, can I do um, mass equations? Can I do differentiation? Can I do, that's all well and good for degrees like medicine and law and um, maybe computer science to a certain degree, like these real top end. But other, other degrees are going to be taken over by AI in the coming future anyway. Give it, give it five years, give it 10 years. Um, and it's all about who you are. It's about who you know. Can you sell yourself? Can you talk? Can you actually negotiate? Can you, can you do sales? Can you, can you go to a conference and can you actually talk to someone and say what your, what your goal is, what your vision is? What, what, what do you think about the current topic? Can you actually talk to a CEO? Can, do you feel confident talking to one? Do, can you actually, it's all these kind of concepts and that's as we're trying to push forward as a company. We're going to branch out into other things like getting entrepreneurs in, and um, CEOs and executives into universities to give talks to students. Because right now, I think universities as well are really struggling in with employment, especially after university with graduate employment. And I think um, my partner and I haven't really figured out, but we looked at the data and we've gone, all right, that's probably why, because everyone's got a degree. Cool. Yeah, I did a civil engineering degree. How much of that have I actually remembered? F all, because I didn't like it. I didn't actually enjoy it. I, didn't, I don't want to push it anywhere. If I, if I went to a civil engineering firm right now, I probably wouldn't even use a tenth of it. It's not, it's more about, okay, what's, the, what's my workplace? How can I socialize in the workplace? Can I, can I sell this idea? What's my creativity? Boom, number one, creativity. I missed that earlier. Creativity, it's can I produce new concepts? Can I take an idea and distill it down into small actual principles? That's what it's all about. So that's one of the startups and that's going really, really well. We've got funding from Bath University, we're part of the Bath University, and we have about four associates with, um, working with us right now. And that's going really well. We partnered with 15 conferences coming up in the next year, hopefully um, aiming to send about 100 or 120 students to those conferences. Um, and that's going really, really well. The other one is the Mandala one, um, which I spoke about earlier. Um, but the reason why I am um, more of a entrepreneur is simply due to the fact that I think, as you mentioned, I have very high self-awareness. I think I know what makes me tick. I know when I'm teetering on that edge of a breakdown. I know when I need sleep. I know when I can work for two hours flat out and be okay. I know about my nutrition. I don't, I don't want to have this predetermined person or this time nine to five or this person looking down at me and saying, you need to do this because optimal. You need to do this because of this. 
and working in these cogs of this large organization where I can be replaced tomorrow. I want to be doing things where I can honestly say that I helped someone today, um, which I can. I can honestly say, for example, today I helped four people or five people in the gym um, potentially go for the next three years injury free because of the advice that I gave. 100%. That's, that's without a doubt. Where I, I can't say that if I'm working in a finance job because I'm, let's say I'm earning 50K a year. Cool. That's all well and good. But am I burnt out? Am I, am I coming home and actually feeling fulfilled? It's like, I, I much prefer to go. I, mean, I only graduated five months ago. Yeah. I'd much prefer to go down this route now of working minimal hours at this at, at job, which is still decently good money, by the way. It's not too bad. And I'm helping people. I'm pushing forward. I'm doing things that I'm, I'm doing creative things that apply to my psyche, that apply to what I know makes me tick. And I can manage my time. I can, um, let's say next week that I'm, I'm burnt out and I need to go, I need to, I need to go to um, my home in London and just sleep for two days. Or I need to sleep over there for two days because I'm just done. I can't do that nine to five because someone's going to, no, 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 you got to do this. I know myself and I've, I've been through this kind of stuff and I need, that's why that I'm that kind of entrepreneurial um, vibe, I guess. And yeah, that's essentially why I've gone down this route. Now, don't get me wrong, the nine to five route, I completely think is the optimal route for most people, just being honest. My sister um, works nine to five uh, at very, very decently paying job. And we have this discussion all the time. And um, we like to have discussions on why am I not working in a nine to five? says all the time to me like that that's just the, that's just the way it's, it says me all the time that's just the way it's done ollie you're supposed to go to university you're supposed to get a good job you're supposed to save up buy a house get a get a um get a husband or wife have some kids live your life and die and i was like really, <laughs> really? like I, I i don't know i don't know about you but is that really what <laughs> i want to be doing like do have, have you um again listeners uh, amazing book. This is the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss um, speaks about how, um, yes, we're all, we're all we're, as human beings, we have this condition. I call it a condition. It's kind of disease where we think that things will be better in the future. hundred percent. If we, if we do this, right. And people think, right. When I retire at 60, I can go to Barcelona. I can go to Barbados. I can go to Australia, America, and we can live this amazing life and everything's going to be okay. Nah, go to any, elderly home or go to go to your grandparents and ask them ask them that exact question it's not happening mm. right right now i'm i'm in an able body and i'm i can i can work and my my body is fine it's going to be fine for hopefully hopefully for the next 20 years um and i'm in a position where i can go and go and do things like i can go and see the world all i have to do is sacrifice and that's the word sacrifice a bit of the 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 comfort the pleasure these first four or five years of my life and I should be I should be set for the rest of it rather than grinding day in day out to this end zone point of um, 60 years old when I retire when I'm probably going to be crippled and barely being able to walk anywhere this the job I'm in right now let's say in two weeks time I can be like okay cool um hey like anyone let's go off to Austria let's go off to Germany cool let's go for a week it's fine it's it's that kind of, it's the, it's the choice. It's the freedom of ruling your own time and managing your own life. That, that for me is worth 40 grand in, in, of the nine to five. I don't need that. You don't, also, since when do you need that much money? <laughs> it's like when you get to the point, well, this is something I've realized in the past two months. Once you have the few necessities, you, you have the, um, maybe I'm renting right now. So maybe once you have like a small studio um, or once you have a few things that you need in your life, like some clothes and like a, a gym membership, that kind of stuff, you don't really need much else that, that everything else is kind of like the small percentile gains. It's like, it's a kind of like 80, 20 principle. The main things that you actually enjoy is that it's that minimalist approach of all I really need is a bed, a kitchen to make my food and a shower. Mm. Like that's pretty much all I actually need what is £40,000 a year going to do for me? Yeah, it's probably going to give me um, more freedom of, of opportunity to go and travel more. But am I sacrificing that for time? And time is the true currency. Time is the actual one that's running out every single day. 
And what we do right now is we sacrifice time for money so that we can then sacrifice money for time in future. But why can't we just balance that out right now and hopefully and live a life where both of those are in balance, where I don't expend too much time for my money and I optimize, is another thing, you optimize your per hour um, wage rather than your total wage. Yeah, it's, it's all well and good, someone earning 40,000 pounds a year, but how many hours are you working for that? Are you working nine to five, five, six days a week to earn that? Or are you working three hours a day, um, having weekends off and going away and doing whatever you want on the weekends? And th that's a completely different scale. So that's why I went down that path. Um, also in a more direct route, civil engineering and engineering in general is leading to a path of um, generally, it's a thing called Eurocodes, which is basically, it takes away the creativity in engineering. Um, certain, degree, certain engineering degrees, don't get me wrong, like mechanical engineering and um, automotive aerospace, fascinatingly, and like, it's exciting, incredible stuff. Like you look at Elon Musk now, right now, Starship with Falcon 9, you look at um, Richard Branson, you look at Jeff Bezos, you look at Tesla, Solar City, it's incredible. But civil engineering, I think it's just, it's just dying up. And um, you make, you make, you, if you wanna make a bridge, you look at a previous bridge, you look at the codes of how they did it and you replicate it and you basically just tailor it to that idea. And I know many friends right now who are in graduate jobs, who are in placements, and all of them are basically saying, I completely agree with you. you literally, mm -hmm. you kind of hit the nail on the head of, you have to work about 10 years to even have a say on the tables where the project managers sit and the architects sit. And you make these amazing suggestions to the, the architects or to, to your project manager, he or she then goes to the, the design table and gives it as their own. So you get no credit in the first place. I was talking about yesterday with my friend at this civil engineering event. Mm. It's just, it, it's, again, it's like the bureaucracy of you work, you work 10 years to maybe get a say where you might be happy. I'd rather take the risk, live right now, um, be in a position where I have to learn marketing, advertising, financing. Um, I, have to, I have to learn how to do all these incredible things at a, at a decent level um, where I can be such a more varied human being, where I can use lateral thinking to combine it all together and use maybe engineering concepts to help that. And that's just so much more fulfilling for me. So that's why I went down that route. That's awesome, man. And yeah, I agree with you, like kind of everything you just said there. I think for me, I don't think, you know, um, so you mentioned the nine, well, I mentioned the nine to five. I think what happens is people will get into jobs that they don't like and then they get into habits and they get into like the rut. And so, you know, maybe becoming an entrepreneur and running your own business isn't for everyone, you know, um, because it's hard and certain skill sets and that. But I think doing something that you're passionate about and doing something that you love and doing something that's in alignment with your purpose and the things that you stand for, I think that's, that should be something that we all strive for, you know? And so, yeah, you know, I agree with everything that you said there, basically. Um, I think it's Gary Vee who says, I forgot what he says, but it's something along the lines of when you mentioned about the 40K, you know, you, somebody can get a job working nine to five and then 40K, 50K, whatever it is, but they're not happy. You know, they're, depressed they're going to something that they're not giving 100 percent to where whereas earning i don't know half that but being happy right doing something that's in alignment with their purpose you know and so yeah i just wanted to like throw that in there with some of the things that you were talking about because i think that's ultimately something that we should all strive for you know i agree and that working hard for that 20k job has the potential to then develop into so much more anyway that's the point yeah it's you, you're, if you're working for something, the reason why, I think um, uh, Steve Jobs said, the reason why you should work for your passion is because it's so bloody hard that when you want to quit, you won't quit if it's your passion. That's, that's basically what he said. It's like, if you're working in that 20K job and it starts to get hard, you'll keep going because you enjoy it. Um, and again, it pops into my mind, but it comes back to the exact same thing as fitness, right? Some people walk into the gym and they train because they like the pain. They like the suffering. 100%, 100%, man. That's literally me to a T. I, okay. I did triathlon training and running. I, I, for, the, for that half marathon, my average heart rate was 180. That's like maximum effort for two hours. I did it because I loved the pain and to see if I could, if I could take it. I'm a big advocate of David Goggins. He's like my, my life's like, I try and revolve my, my training around his philosophy of you should do something that sucks every single day 
and you should do it because it sucks. Some you have you have to get to that point where your mind switches. So recently, I've I obviously just graduated. I mean, it's been very, very, very hard getting off the ground and getting into a stable position with financing, with working, um, putting in very, very long weeks. We're trying to run these these startups in the background and really getting everything off the floor. It's hard. But then I remember one day I said to myself, and I was like, "This is what you've been training for. This mm. is what your life has been made for. Go and own it, right? It's it's you're you're training for that." That three o'clock in the morning call, when you get that call and, you, and your, your, it says your mum's just died or your mum's, and, you, and you're just like, and you don't break down because you, can't, you have to be there for people. You have to be a strong, stable person. You can take that and you can then later on, you can, you can work through those emotions and go, right, okay, shit, I need to actually look back and understand this. But it's all about when, it, when it's in the moment, when it's a stressful time when it hits you, you've dealt with that kind of level of stress before and you can deal with it. I remember there was, um, there was a time when I was in my house and my landlord texted me saying, by the way, you have to move out tomorrow. And I was like, uh, what? All my stuff was in my room. Mm. I had massive stuff. And I immediately just literally was like panic, 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 panic. I remember saying to myself, like, what's the point of being stressed here? Can I, can I work through this? And can I, can I actually, so I, I meditated a lot. So I still do. And I, I do a lot of training, blah, blah, blah. So, I literally said to myself, no, breathe, relax. So the first thing is breathing. Breathing is the most important thing. Breathing is the way you can link your mind to your body. I'll go that in a minute because that's a side note. But I, I, I relaxed. I did my breathing technique. I, I just breathed deep breaths. And I thought, right, I'm going to process this emotion after the event because it's not going to help me right now. Simple mm-hmm. as. And I just slowly, periodically worked through everything in my room um, and got it because I had so much stupid stuff in my room at the time. Worked it all out. Next day, it was completely clean, all good. And literally the day after, I I broke down. I was like, I remember, um, I just was almost like I was in bed, and I was just like, holy shit, that was super stressful. I thought to myself, like, wow, you you dealt with that in a way that if you were stressed, you could have definitely had panic attack or something like that, crazy in a situation that wouldn't have helped you. Simple as. I always ask myself the question does this emotion actually help me? Does this thought actually help me go towards my goals? And can I, can I feel this right now? Or should I feel it another time? I, it, it's crazy. Some of this talk, people are probably thinking like, what is this? Is, it's, it's true. You can do this kind of stuff. You can look at an emotion and say, I don't have to feel this right now because it's just not helping me. That's that concept. It's even, even going um, on stage, for example, and giving talks, is it, is it actually helping me being nervous? No. Okay. Then you can just go, okay, cool, let's not do that. Now, that can be bad. Don't get me wrong. All, the, all this kind of stuff can be bad because it can pile up. And if you still, if you have a nervous emotion, you can't just pack it away and go, ah, okay, you know what? I'll put it in the back burner because your body still feels that emotion. It still contains it there. So you, there, there are techniques and tools that you can use um, where you can process those emotions at that time and and go through those. I can't remember the question you asked, but that's basically. <laughs> no, man, it's awesome. And so I think even with that, like for me, I reflect quite a bit. So, so even like reflecting on those emotions and like the certain sh- um, stress triggers, I think can help because then you're starting to develop that little self-awareness of what triggers it, you know, and you start to learn more about yourself. One thing I did also want to mention was about when you was talking about the pain through fitness. I have another podcast and my co-host on there, Arsenio, he does, um, I think, some like event out there in Thailand, right? And he says he does it for the pain, you know, yeah. because, like for, you know, for that pain threshold. So yeah, I think, it's fast, I think that's fascinating. And I was kind of wanting to build on that if you can, like talk us through sure. the the mindset of that because i think that would right. be really interesting I'll tell you for how our I listeners. Got to that point. yeah um the turning point for me was rowing um so i i rode with the gb start program which is basically a program that takes um it's like a talent id program which takes potential i mean olympians hopefully for the future and trains them up uh, and see if, and basically long story short i wasn't good enough simple as um i did it for a year and i was too short um, and I, I wasn't producing good enough numbers, so I didn't, I didn't go to it. Simple as, um, no other excuses, and that's basically it. But and my, I remember my parents saying, "Why did you do it?" Everyone always asks me, "Why did, why did you waste a year of your life?" And I was like, "That was one of the most important years of my life because when you, for example, the rowing, some of the rowing workouts we did were just horrible. Yeah. There was this, um, 
one of them is a 2000 meter just all out effort which lasts for seven minutes six minutes five minutes if you're really good um and at four minutes you're done you're done you're physically done you you, you your body is screaming every single bloody atom and molecule in your body is just telling you to stop everything but something in you something in your mind just says no nah, motherfucker like i'm getting i i'm getting through this and that's where all that hardship all those struggles all those early mornings all those times where people told you to do things and you're like no because it's in the better for the good of you that's when it, it counts and it all comes down to that one moment and that one split decision which you just got no you just keep going you just keep going you keep growing the legs you keep pushing and it has taught me that when you think you're you're finished when you think you're done you're no way near there you're literally absolutely no way near there we had to do two tests for the gb start program the first one was um it's called shrimp bikes so what they use in the nfl the, the salt bikes okay um and you had to basically it was basically an endurance mental endurance test it got you to um you start on 60 rpm and you add 10 rpm every single minute and you go until you drop and i literally i remember the first time i did it um was I wanted this, I wanted I wanted it so bad. I wanted to get in so much. I collapsed off that machine and laid on the floor for half an hour in the worst pain of my life. By far. It was horrible. But at that time, my relationship with pain was not there. And the reason this is this is another thing. The reason why I quit that program was because my relationship to pain was pain. It was I, I don't want this. It's I, I was nervous before every single big test. I was nervous for the pain that I was about to put myself through. Now I'm the opposite. I look forward to those times because those are the times that count. Those are the times where I can prove myself. Those are the times that I can see that I'm actually progressing. And if I had the mindset back then that I have now, I think things could have turned out differently. Again, you have to go through and you have to take the plunge. You have to do the thing to learn. You can't be better sitting on the couch. You can't. You have to go out and do the things that make you scared do and just get yourself out there and just do it and you'll see if you're good enough along the way like again i'm i've got so much more that i i could and and should be doing 100% every single day i'm trying to get better and that's what it's all about i'm trying i'm pushing myself to do these i i've only done a half ironman that's oh no, sorry, half half marathon that's nothing i want to work towards a, an ironman a half ironman ultra races all this kind of stuff it's I'm, I'm not, I, this is another thing. I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but I view myself as what I am, compare myself to the best. I don't, I don't compare myself to the average. I don't compare myself to every, any, anyone else unless they are the best of their game, the best of their field. So many times when I've, t- I've turned up to, let's say, a powerlifting competition or a, um, like a, a, a running race, like a, the half marathon, or um, in general, just any, any kind of event, like maybe a conference, my mind goes, but these guys don't deadlift what you deadlift. These guys don't run. And I was like, I'm not in a running race. I'm at a powerlifting competition. Mm. I compare myself to how good they are in this in this competition, and that's it. And I want to be the best at this one. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use my other skills to feed my ego to tell myself that I'm better than these people. No, like. Right now, I want to be the best at this, and that's what I'm comparing my, comparing them to. And I think a lot of people do that in a sense. They they walk into a company, for example, and they go, oh, "Okay, this guy's a nerd. He he reads a lot. Um, uh, but I get, I bet, I bet he doesn't get laid. Is blah blah blah." And it's just like, what are you on about? You, you should be you should be looking at this guy and going, "Right, he's better than me. Why? How mm-hmm. how can I how can I learn from him? Uh, what can I what can I do for him? Honestly, like on a deep level, what how can I help them?" Maybe, okay, think of that situation. Let's say, let's say there's a nerd in your company who's incredibly good at all, all, like, all the skills that you want to be good at. But let's say you're really big into fitness and he's maybe, I don't know, he's not, he's not as big into it as, as you can. Maybe you can give him some advice. Maybe you can take him to the gym once. Maybe you can teach him, I don't know, teach him how to cook. Maybe you can, all this kind of stuff. And he can go, ah, oh, you know what? Um, here's, a, here's, some, here's some advice of this. And you can help each other. The whole point of human beings is you don't look at someone for what they are right now. You look at them for what they could be and you help them towards that. that, that that's how I see it in, in relationships. And that's, that's got a lot of people um, up, the, up the wrong, like, root or ladder, whatever you call it, up the wrong, barked up the wrong tree. 
because they look at me and they go, why are you always telling me that I can do more? Why are you always saying to me that um, you're not at your max potential? Why are you always giving me all this advice? People call, my, my, some people call me like um, a guru. It does sound like I'm basically preaching, right? But in a sense, I'm just, I just want people to realize that there's so much more out there mm-hmm. and you can only taste that as soon as you start doing shit. And you actually need to get off the get off the couch and go for that run and realize that it isn't half as bad because the fear up here is always this 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 thing up here this brain can be your your best friend or your worst enemy full stop and you can train it to do either if you if you keep doing the things that make you depressed if you keep doing the things that get you into that mindset of depression of not doing anything then you're going to be training that 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 bad your worst enemy gets it gets louder that voice gets louder but the when you choose to make that decision that you're not going to listen to that voice you're going to listen to that lone voice that you've been neglecting for the past five years that one that says no get out there and go for that run in, in the rain get out there and hit the gym get talk to that girl to go, go, go on his go on his podcast eat don't eat that eat that instead that voice gets louder all of a sudden that voice becomes a dominant voice and now this other voice is going down. It's a constant struggle daily, day in, day out, against weakness, against temptation, against all these constant influx into our life that want to make us worse. But it's important just to, to listen to that lone voice and just going, no, no, fucker, not today. Every single day, just get better and better. And that's it. So on that, um, and one of the things you mentioned before about when you're pushing people, I've seen something on Instagram, I think it was, and it was a quote that went something like, it's all about potential and how we're maybe like always, I don't want to say on it people, but you know, kind of like encouraging people because we can see their potential and maybe they can. You know, it was something like that. I'm like totally like butchering it right now, but it was something like that. And when you're talking about that, that kind of reminds me of that when like, if you're a personal trainer or if, or if you're just somebody that um, can see the potential in others and you're like pushing them, but they're kind of maybe they don't see it for themselves is to like kind of like keep at it type of thing um, mm. and help them to then see it for themselves because when they see it for themselves, they'll be like, Oh, you know, you always believed in me even when like they didn't believe in themselves, you know? And I think True. that's, you know, but when does it get to the point where um, they tell you to stop doing that? And mm. when does it get to the point where some people just don't want to change and some True. people, yeah, that's, that's, that's when it's hard. I always say to, if, if someone comes to me and says, right, I'm going to give you money, give, give me in shape. And I'd be like, right, what's your goals? What do you want? Um, what, what, should, what, what do you want from fitness? Can I actually see that they're going to be disciplined? I'm, I'm not going to train them. And it's as simple as. Some people just don't want to change. And if it's people like family, I will constantly go on about them, on and on. If it's someone that I deeply care about, like a, like a really close friend or my girlfriend or something like that, I will constantly make like not make them but like push them towards their best selves but if it's a random person i i don't think they they almost feel like it's intrusive being like why has this guy got the right to say that to me basically and sometimes they just they just don't want it to happen it's mm. it's a very fine line and it's it's something that i'm trying to figure out um i, I try to write down these concepts in my book in my like in my um in like my diary and try to understand it all and i, I write a lot as well um, I journal a lot to try and understand these concepts and try and um, produce these kind of ideas because it's just, it's, it's, it's a hard concept and it's something that I think needs to be figured out, especially for me, I guess, but also if I can help other people on that journey and help them with a small snippet. Like if any of the things that I've said right now today has helped one person, then my, my mission is done. Happy yes, days. I always say that. Like, it's, it's just true. It's, if it's one person who just, just for today has gone, you know what, I'm not going to have that chocolate bar. I'm going to have this instead. And tomorrow, I'm going to go out in the morning. I'm going to walk to work. I'm happy, man. I, mm-hmm. it, that's it. Yeah. And so kind of on the point that we were making, I also think, you know, it's believing in people because you can see their potential. But like you say, it's a fine line because they have to want it themselves. And like you say, I think a lot of people, like they're actually, I think they've accepted maybe of like just their circumstances and they're not ready to change. So like you say, it's that fine line. Um, but yeah, with, with close friends and family, you know, slowly pushing them towards their, their ultimate potential and their best selves, 100%. One other thing I did want to touch on in terms of fitness was a lot of people find fitness as a chore. 
you know, and maybe that's why they don't enjoy it, don't like it, don't want to go for the pain, whatever it is. So could you like talk about that and how they can make it, I don't know, a bit more funner or something? You know what I'm saying? Because if they find it a chore, then there's kind of another that, like that resistance to do it. Have you, have, you, have you ever found that? Oh, of course. Mm. I mean, come back to the days when I used to punch the wall with my mum. Yeah, of course. The gym. Simple as. For me, it changed when I made relationships in the gym when I spoke to people in the gym and I, um, the gym became my sanctuary. I didn't walk into the gym and it wasn't a place where people judged me for being fat. It wasn't a place where people um, just judged me. It was a place where I could go and I could relax and I could talk to my friends, we could work out together. And it doesn't need to be the gym. It can just be, so there's two things that you can take from that, that, that just a few sentences. It's one is accountability. It's mm. um, go to the gym with a friend, go to the gym, especially if you're a girl, the, the, the gym is extremely, um, guys look, look at girls all the time in the gym, check them out. I, I can see it every day. Right. And girls come to me all the time and saying, how can I, how can I build the confidence? How can I get to the point where I don't give a shit about the guys literally staring me down? It's just like, it's, it's disgusting at times. Right. It's that accountability. Go to the gym with a friend. Go to the gym with um, someone who knows what they're doing. Go to the gym with someone who doesn't know what they're doing and teach them what you know. Just go with someone and say, you know, block it in on the calendar next week or every single Wednesday, I'm going to go for a workout with Jenna. Every single um, Tuesday, I'm going to go with, with Luke, right? You just do it and you block it in. The second thing is you change your relationship to the gym to something where you can relax. And I say this all the time and this is my main ethos with um, the gym I work at, um, the uni gym. Um, Buffy University gym it's um, when people come into the gym first first thing I do is I remember their name first thing um, how to win friends and influence people incredible book but I remember their Absolutely. name I say um, and then when they and I talk to them for a bit and let's say a week later they come into the gym and I go um, hey Jake how um, how is the, how is that squat progress going did you did you did you push your your feet out um, did you did you feel do you feel that's working for you? Also, how's the how's the dog that was in hospital um, last week? Is that is she feeling better? And he goes, "Wow, this guy actually cares about me. Holy shit!" And he gets this. And now all you need is I think it's something like all you need is four good interaction people, and it makes a good habit for them in in in, mm-hmm. in the gym, for example. And you turn the gym suddenly from something that's so anxiety provoking and such a chore into wow, I can come to the gym and. I can just relax. So I, I'll, I'll tell you, literally, during exam period, the gym, the two, uh, two hours a day of the gym, and that got me through university, 100%. It's that feeling of, you come into the gym, you see, you see a mate, you sit down, um, you do your workout, and you just chat about life with them. And you say, you know what, man, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a shit day today. And he's like, yeah, you know what, too, but let's smash some weight. Let's just get it done, right? And you always feel better after a workout everyone knows that you always feel better due to endorphins due to all this is is chemical this plunge in your body that will make you feel better but it's also that thing of okay you're you're feeling down let's do something that that's hard that sucks if you get through that how can you not feel better about yourself because you now gain confidence because you said right i didn't want to do something I did something that's for the good of myself and it's going to push me forward as a human being. How can you not feel good for yourself? Let's just get rid of all the endorphins that's released from training, all that kind of stuff. You did something that was hard. When have you never felt good after that? So that's another thing. It's you have to change the mindset. You have to change that mindset of um, through habit and repetition of the gym is a chore to, okay, how am I going to feel when I look in the mirror and I, I can say, wow, like I actually look at myself and feel proud. And you, you go there and you visualize that and you go, that would feel amazing. How am I going to feel when I get underneath that squat, that, that bar, and I squat 100 kilos for the first time? And I, and I just go, holy shit, that feels incredible. Um, how, and then you, you come back to the daily thing of, okay, today I'm going to walk into the gym and I'm just going to have a chat with someone. And, I, and all, all I need to do is turn up. That's another thing. All you need to do is turn up. Just keep turning up day in day out the difference between a black belt and a white belt is the black belt kept turning up simple as and you just gotta keep turning up every single day you gotta find if you actually enjoy it you it, it, do i actually do i do i do i really want this like having a good body is hard it's not easy it, it's about sacrifice and it's about is it is it actually something that i want is it, is it something that i i feel is the sacrifice worth it um 
and you write it all out, you write it down, and the second, the, to underpin all this is routine, right? We all know um, habit and routine, honestly, is, is the most important thing, I'd say, for productivity, for the entrepreneurial life, for the entrepreneurial world, because you haven't got someone telling you what to do. In nine to five, someone tells you what to do. Habit and routine ensures that when the discipline is low, you still know what you need to do. I don't think the issue nowadays is discipline. I think the issue is people don't know what they need to do. The, the difference between the right thing and the wrong wrong thing. That's why I honestly think, how can you be disciplined, disciplined about something if you don't know what you should be doing, right? How can how can I say, right, what should I be eating today? Should I be eating, um, I don't know, uh, chicken, chicken, rice, and this? Or should I be eating um, a pizza? Maybe a pizza could be beneficial at that time. You don't know. How am I going to know what's the right option? So knowledge gives you the... Um, the opportunity to make the right decision. That's what it does. And another thing is ignorance is a choice in a world of information. So honestly, un understand it. Try and research it. Understand why is exercise good for you? Um, how is that going to link into what you want? Let's say you're an entrepreneur and you want to you wanna be the best, most productive um, person in, in the business. You want to you wanna make things happen. Right. Exercise releases BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, which will literally make your brain more plastic, which will increase your ability to learn, which will make you better at your, at your job in the startup, more creative, um, more energy, more... Um, also, sex sells. If you look good and you look better, so people are probably going to take, take... People are going to take advice about fitness from, from, from me compared to some, someone else, right? Simple as. And they're going to look at that and go, right, this guy... Your body reflects your physical standards. Your body reflects, okay, you're disciplined. You, you understand yourself. You can actually control yourself. And it puts that into perspective. So you have to, to sum up your question. It's to basically to look at your goals, look at what you really want. Do I actually really want this? Jordan Peterson says, you can have anything you want, but you have to honestly, really, really, truly want it and then work towards that every single day. You can have what you want, but you have to make it that it's like a declaration that you're going to do it day in, day out, and that you're going to turn up. And you need to put as many things in. You need to make it as hard as possible to not do it and as easy as possible to do it. So if the gym's next door, you're going to go, and, you're going to, go to the gym most days. If it's mm. a 20-minute drive away, you're going to be like, oh, I can't be asked. If, you, if you've got Jimmy turning up for you to the gym tomorrow, you're going to go because you don't want that social, um, social proofing of him saying, why don't you turn up to the gym? Because that sucks. Maybe you can make a bet with a friend who can lose more weight in a certain month and the person who wins gets 50 quid. All these kind of, again, it's like negative and positive things. Maybe think of all the people in your life who told you you were fat. I remember the day when I was in school and this is one of the biggest motivators for me. I used, I used to get bullied in school, um, called like fat, overweight, like fatty or, or whatever. Like, yeah, it was shit. I remember the one day it switched when I said to my friend, oh, friend, um, I said, um, he was calling me like fat, overweight, like um, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Tell, say that again. And he was like, what? And I was like, say that again. Call me fat again. Um, and he was like, yeah, fatty. And I was like, right, see me in, see me in six weeks. I'll see you after mm. summer. And that just completely switched it around. So again, it comes back to that thing right at the start. Use all of the positives and all of the negatives. Set out a routine. Make the probability of you achieving that goal as high as possible by making the sacrifices if it's something that you truly want, you can have it, but you need to make the sacrifices. 100%, man. 100% of that. And so, um, I mean, there's so many other different areas I'm sure we could touch on. Uh, we've been going for nearly an hour or just over an hour. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, do you have any final thoughts or words of inspiration for our listeners? Um, and, and, you know, I think we're going to have to bring you back on, but yeah. Um, do, you have any <laughs> final, do you have any final thoughts? No, I really enjoyed it, man. It's been, it's been incredible. I just... I just honestly believe that the human condition is you, you have to, it's your moral obligation in this world to make yourself the best person you can be. It's your moral obligation. If everyone would just stop talking about these massive, huge issues in our world and just focus on themselves, fix themselves for tidy your bloody room, Jordan Peterson again, but tidy your room. Like how, how can, how can you say to someone, that this is this is um you're you're wrong or if your room's in, in a mess if your mind's in a mess if you're not eating the correct things um, i want to i want to give people and i think this this is my overriding mission everything i want to give people 
the realization that they can do more because i think the only way that you can do more is by realizing that there is another world out there because if you didn't know there's another world out there, you wouldn't even try so hopefully through i mean this, this would be the dream um through podcasting through showing people in vlogs blogs um youtube videos um general fitness updates um life updates and general talks show them that hopefully my, my life's pretty damn good i'm happy I'm, I'm i'm doing hopefully well and showing people that this can be done you can do this all you need to do is f follow these simple kind of procedures and life practices that that work that work because of your biology and you you can do this you don't have to do what your parents told you you don't have to do what everyone else is doing usually when you find yourself on the side of the majority you have to pause and reflect at, because most people half of america's on lithium which is like an anti it's like a, a mood stabilizer like i think it's mm, crazy statistics crazy. about depressants um like and so it's it's ridiculous so there's so many like one-liners that i could say but it's it's just in general it's about teaching people that there's a whole other world out here and it's all in your mind life is one big fucking head game it's all up here it's how you perceive the world and through habit and ritual you can influence that and you can change your you can change your reality Man, I got nothing to add. <laughs> I got nothing to add. That's awesome. Uh, so, guys, if you like this episode of the podcast, then go ahead and press that subscribe button. Leave a comment down below. And um, Ollie, where can people connect with you online if they want to uh, continue this conversation and learn more about what you what you're doing? And yeah, just reach out. The best thing right now is for my blog, um, ollichick.co.uk. Also, you can check out my Instagram at ollie.chick and look up. Um, mandala fitness and expo education the two startups that i'm working in right now and hopefully they'll take off soon and um but yeah the main quality area is um ollichick.co.uk awesome so guys i will link that all below in the description so definitely check those out and i will be back next week for another episode of the grow together podcast so i will look forward to talking to you then.